0: eloquent of beings, like the angels, and speak so clearly and plainly for God that it made a difference in the people's lives, if I had that anointing, and I was influential, but I didn't love the people to whom I was talking to, no matter how eloquent I am, no how no matter how clear speaking I am, and no matter how anointed I am, if I do not love the people who I'm talking to, they're not going to hear what I'm saying. All they're going to hear is a ringing in their ears. That's what Scripture says. If you don't love people you're talking to, you don't have a heart for people that try to share truth with, guess what? You're wasting time. He goes on in verse 2, he says, If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove everybody's mountains, but I don't love, I'm nothing. I mean, what if you understood every deep theological issue? You had your PhD in God and the Bible. And such faith that you move mountains in your life and mountains in everybody else's life. I mean, what a phenomenal, 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 vertical relationship with God. I mean, it's like as if we are one. Then God could surely use us with all that. Well, you know, not if you don't love people. Paul says, yeah, you're nothing. You can do all these great things, but... What's lacking is love. You're nothing. Ineffective. You're almost, it's almost like you're self-serving. It's like all this wonderful things that God wants to do in our life, we're enjoying it for ourselves. So sad that those of us, I'm going to be very plain right now, those of us, That have been filled with the Holy Ghost. That Pentecostal experience with apostolic doctrine. It's sad that we have the greatest message of love in the universe. And we can be so unloving with it. So critical with it. We, We have that. We're better than everyone else attitude. Now, where I believe that we have whole truth, full truth, I believe that with all of my heart. I I mean, we follow the Bible, every jot and every tittle. I, I believe this inspired word of God. But it is wrong of me to be critical of those who have not yet received revelation. We can be so unloving with the greatest message of love on earth. Our message can be brutal, and it can be harsh. And sometimes, because we don't speak the truth in love, it's hurting people and not helping people. It sounds critical. Now, I know this is tough, because I, I feel like half this message, I'm, I'm speaking about me. I really, I mean, I really believe that we're in the truth. I, I do. I believe that this Pentecostal experience and this apostolic doctrine is second to nothing and no one. I am, I am apostolic from the top of my gray hairs to the, to the bottom of my smelly feet. I believe in holiness and separation and righteousness. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the fruit of the Spirit in operation. I mean, I'm telling you, I believe there is one God. His name is Jesus Christ. I believe there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I don't believe there's any other way to be saved. There aren't multiple roads to heaven. I'm telling you, there's a heaven and there's a hell. I'm apostolic through and through. But even knowing that, sometimes that gets in the way of ministering. And I could become critical of, of someone else who's, who's trying to find their way. So if I possess all the great spiritual knowledge and all the faith in the world, but I have not love, Paul says, <laughs> nothing. Then he takes an interesting turn in verse number 3. In 1 Corinthians 13, 3, he says, If I bestow all my goods to feed the poor... And though I give my body to be burned. We're talking about great sacrifice here. But I don't love in my sacrifice. I have profited nothing. If I make the ultimate sacrifice, but don't love in doing so, it's an absolute worthless sacrifice. I mean, now, wow. Wow. Let's think about that for a moment. Let's, let, let's get out of the spiritual hooji-booji and let's be carnal for just a second. How could we possibly give everything we have to people in need and give ourselves for them and not love them? Well, the point that Paul's making is that love is the balance between that affection and truth. There are some people who are willing to give the shirts off their back so that they can take an Instagram picture of it. What am I saying? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying people are sacrificial for the show. That's why Jesus said, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. That we give the secret. What we're talking about here is, I can be sacrificial with my time, with myself, with my energy, my finances, but I'm not loving and doing so. I feel like I am, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling a role, or I, I'm getting my Jesus punch card. Now That's a problem. Jesus' card punched. said so that backwards. The point Paul is making that there is a balance between that that affection that we feel and truth. Biblical love is both truth and affection put together, kept together, and operating at the same time. See, what needs to happen in the church is a paradigm shift. When we're looking at one thing and, and, and we have one opinion about it, What we need is the spirit to move us to the other side of the coin and see it from a different perspective. We can't replace criticism with a tightrope walk between truth and love. We've got to love according to the word of God. We need that paradigm shift. We need to make a complete shift in how we look at truth and love. We're not supposed to be balancing love and truth as though they are separate things. I want to stay in between truth and love, so I'm going to balance it. No, what truth and love is two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. What first Corinthians is teaching is that the truth is a part of love and that you're not really loving is speaking truth is not part of the equation. There is a a, a, a not, I'm not even going to say balance anymore, but we're taking this, this, oh, I'm going to balance truth and love and say, no, the paradigm shift is this. They're one and the same coin. One cannot operate without the other. And how we love in truth matters. This is the point I want to get to in all of this teaching. How do we overcome a critical spirit towards people is we learn how to love properly. Now, I'm going to run through these quick because I'm out of time. So it is essential that we as Christ's followers be the most loving people on the face of the earth. How, we're, how does this world know that we are disciples of his? By what? The love that we have one to another. The world desperately needs to see Jesus. And we're the only picture of him they get. And when we're squabbling and criticizing and judgmental and insensitive, that's how they see Jesus. So we need to love properly. How love loves is important. Let's read about it really quickly. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love suffers long, okay? Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's use non-King English. Love is patient. Well, that knocked half of us out already. <laughs> and I, I want it now, society. <laughs> I mean, how patient are we really in McDonald's line? Love is patient. It waits... For people to change as we pray for them. Without criticizing. Love is persistently compassionate in the face of opposition. Love is patient. Remember, we're loving. We're replacing this bad attitude with love, but we have to love properly. Love is patient. Love is kind. It looks for ways to express acceptance to people that we may otherwise choose. To target with criticism. I may not always like the way things are done. But it's better for me to be kind and love them through it than to just criticize them for it. Love is not jealous. Even when they're more successful, more prominent, more recognized, more rewarded. Love rejoices with them, in their success. Why? Because we love them. What happens sometimes is somebody becomes more successful than we are. What do we do? We find their fault and criticize them to, in our words, bring them down a notch. They're just too much right now. Why don't we rejoice in the success of others? Is that not what love is love is patient love is kind love is not jealous love does not brag and is not arrogant now we're the person on top (laughs) paul is saying i will not make you uncomfortable by boasting in my success if you want to rejoice with me we'll rejoice together but i'm not going to hang it over your head look how big my church is man look at my boat my house my car my watch my shoes My, my, my. I will not highlight my life in any way that will embarrass the individual or belittle them. Again, we have to love properly. Verse number five. Love is not rude but gracious. There is no place for aggressive, boisterous, obnoxious, open wide while I jam this down your throat kind of approach to truth. Love is not rude but gracious. Puts the needs of others before us. Otherwise, if we put our needs before the needs of others, are we truly loving? Not according to agape love. Verse number 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things. Love bears the weight of misunderstanding. It defends the heart. It believes the best about those around us. Love sees people not as they are, but as they will be. Love hopes all things. It's so easy to criticize when we don't feel like somebody's arrived yet. We need to begin to look at one another and say, you know what? God is working in their life and God is working in my life. We're not yet what God desires for us to be. We're all heading that same direction that is why I bear all things. I have patience with them. I endure things. What does endure mean? Love endures all things. Well, I just learned yesterday that love endures all things does not mean love puts up with people. Did you know that? I always read it that way. Love endures. Love puts up with me. I, I put up with somebody. No. No. Endure is actually, in, as it's used in Scripture, as a military term. It literally means to drive a stake in the ground. That is how it is defined, to drive a stake in the ground. In other words, it's like, I'm going to stand my ground loving you. You can retreat if you want to, but I'm never going back from this place right here. I'm going to be right here for you. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? That, that, he endures. In other words, he's planted. If anybody walks away, it's you. Jesus never leaves us. Jesus never forsakes us. And when we're ready to return, guess who's there with open arms, grace, mercy, love? Jesus Christ. Well, if we're going to love properly, and we're going to get away from this critical attitude that we have towards people, then we need to learn to love properly, be there, be rooted, say, my love for you will not change. You may do everything that I can't stand. You may irritate me, but my love doesn't change. Doesn't mean I accept what you're doing. I don't accept the lifestyle, but I'm here for you. When you're ready to allow God to change you, I'm still going to love you. We must learn to love properly. That is how we replace a critical attitude with an attitude of love. That's how we get away from that wilderness thinking into embracing promised land living. Love is in the middle of everything. Love is our why. And when love is our why, there's no room for criticism. Let's all stand. 1 Corinthians can be summarized with this statement. In all things, love. Paul expressed the big picture with these words in verse number 8. Love is never fails we fail it goes on to say prophecies fail our ministries fail but love it always works when we're loving the way love ought to love when we love according to how Christ loves and when we as individuals are permeating with the love of God there is no room for criticism there's there's no room for murmuring against God, against the church, against people why? because we're loving with God's love not the wishy-washy sentimentalism, not with harsh brutality, but with truth and love, perfectly combined, perfectly executed, God's selfless love through us. That kind of love never fails. Love is big enough to overcome a critical spirit. And if we agape love one another, there'll never be room for murmuring. Love is the why. Love is the center. Loving God. Loving people. And can I say this? Loving ourselves. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother time. We love and in loving, we embrace a promised land way of living. Amen. Why don't we just close our eyes for just a moment? Why don't we just have a conversation with the Lord as we sing, Why don't we just look introspectively,